Hello, my lovers, my puppies, my kittens, my schmoppies. 2020 is coming to a close. Wouldn't it be nice if when the ball drops in Times Square, New York, because I think the world looks at it in this hemisphere of ours. And uh, wouldn't it be nice if the Corona, the Sharona, if the bleach COVID-19 walked out of our lives as well? We know that's not going to happen. But a girl can dream, can't she? Yeah, I'm a dreamer. Yes, I am. That's what gets me out of bed. My dreams get me out of bed every day. And um, I hope your pursuit of happiness, of whatever it is you want to get done in this world, in this lifetime, in your lifetime, for your day, for this moment you're listening to this, you are handling your business because if anything, if there's anything I learned this year is that one, no thing is guaranteed. Two, people will disappoint you. And three, life's too short to just piss it away. So here's to taking risks. Speaking of risks, our topic today is very interesting because I was torn. Our guest is an author, uh, a doctor, who uh, has written a book. And the title is so freaking catchy. It is, Why Are You Sick, Fat, and Tired? (laughs) Now, uh, some of you might go, wait a minute. Uh, I'm not sick. I'm not fat. And I'm certainly not tired. So this ain't for me. No, no, no. Hang on. Slow your roll. Here's the thing. What I learned and heard from our lovely guest, Dr. Pat Boulogne, or Boulogne, just don't call her Boulogne. Like, seriously, it may look like it's spelled like Boulogne, but it's not. It's Boulogne. Blong. Okay, enough of that. I'm a wordsmith. I love words. I say them incorrectly all the time and enjoy that. (laughs) I love letters. So, yeah, I invited her because I wanted her to talk about functional medicine. How familiar are you with functional medicine? We've heard of alternative medicine, uh, which I guess basically is the opposite of everything that, you know, our hospitals in the United States uh, handle, even our regular annual checkup, we're all created, treated as equal, right? If you've got high blood pressure, chances are we're all given the same type of medicine. No matter the issue, pre-diabetic, diabetic, we're treated as a whole. But the fact is, we are individuals. And so it would appear that uh, functional medicine is about how you function as an individual. But I'm no expert, Uh, I thought, well, let us have her on as a guest to show us and tell us and teach us through anecdotes and storytelling what the fuckery is functional medicine. Oh, and why are you sick, fat, and tired? Well,
Well, we're about to find out. I'm Nadej August, your host. If this is your first time, welcome, bienvenue, welcome, bienvenido. How do we say it in Italian? I should know. Oh, my goodness. Ragazzi? No, that's a little boy. Auguri. Auguri. Oh, is that celebration? Anyway, it doesn't matter. I'm, I, I will let you know. And for my Canadian listeners, yeah, keep growing there. Who knows? I might end up moving there. Um, <laughs> I am Nadege August. And if this is your first time, welcome. Uh, what the Fockery is a show about a podcast about non-normative topics. The things that make us go, what the mm, is this? Basically. So I go, I unearth these folks who can come share with us and we are edutaining as best as we can sometimes the topics get super serious uh but overall they you walk away feeling like oh you now know the meaning of certain terms that you may have come across and never thought to listen or inquire about and learn more about at any rate i thank you for listening subscribing sharing supporting any way you can and i most most and most grateful for your willingness to being open and willing in that vein today our guest is my new favorite wellness goddess <laughs> dr pat boulogne with uh she has a lot of like uh letters after her last name she's got dc doctor of chiropractic ccsp ap cfmp i believe the latter stands for certified functional medicine practitioner which is why she is here today most importantly she is a coach a chiropractor a speaker and during our conversation kind of mentions he's an acupuncturist too and and the author of the book why are you sick fat and tired Dr. Pat is the founder of Ask Dr. Pat, a health team network, a company dedicated to skyrocketing your health, lifestyle, and mindset, mindset, pardon me, with strategies and programs that help you age gracefully, think, move, feel better, and live longer. Um, I'm all about uh, the all of that. I hope you are too. And if you aren't, may you be inspired. Dr. Pat apparently has a uh, class that she is offering online starting January 3rd. I will add the link to the show notes after you hear her, give her a spin or pick up her book. Apparently in the book, there's this questionnaire that I can't wait to get my hands on because it'd be nice to um, unearth anything that is perhaps on the way down uh, and for me to remedy ASAP. All right, my lovers, my puppies on curtains and schmoopies, help me welcome our guest, Dr. Pat Boulogne. Dr. Pat, welcome and thank you for joining me. It's my pleasure. <laughs> what, I, what a great invite. I couldn't yeah, say no. I know. Uh, maybe we'll tell the listeners how I found you, how I unearthed you, how I discovered you. I'm suddenly Christopher Columbus. <laughs> Miss <laughs> Columbus. I'm, yeah, Miss Columbus. I look at your name and I think, oh, she's French, Boulogne. But how do you mm -hmm. pronounce it in English? Same way. <laughs> oh, you do say Boulogne. Yeah. 
And people uh-huh. butcher it, I'm sure, when they just see it, don't they? They do. Most people. So, you know, you don't have, you know, how the French have that G N Y and the same thing as in Italy, that G N sound. And that I just tell people to, to rhyme it with clung, clung, blown. Oh. And it, it makes it simpler. And, you know, and I still respond to it. <laughs> right. Because I've had people enough. call me names and I was like, are you looking? They go, no, you. <laughs> yeah. And I'm thinking, okay, Dr. Pat works. Yeah. Yeah. And it's catchy. I love it. I feel yeah. like you should be a call in show. Dr. Ah. Pat, long time <laughs> listener, first time caller. <laughs> <laughs> but seriously, uh, I invited you here because. Uh, I thought, well, this podcast is about non-normative subjects, and most people aren't aware of what functional medicine is. So true. what is, what the fuckery is functional medicine, Dr. Pat? Well, you know, you have to understand what Western medicine is also. Allopathic? um, well, it's allopathic, but if you, if, you know, I'm going to give you a description of what Western medicine is versus functional medicine, because functional medicine, if you think about functional medicine, you want to think about you, not anyone else, not anyone in your family, you and Western medicine, they're in a box and how people are taught in that box is they're taught that all diseases are treated the same way without consideration to the person. So somebody who has high blood pressure is treated with certain scripts that help high blood pressure, but that doesn't take an account to other things that are happening in your body. And, you know, alternative medicine, you can take a lot of supplementation. It does the same thing. It's you still can lower blood pressure, but you don't know why you have high blood pressure. So in most people, sometimes they just don't care enough about their health or care enough about their future that they kind of just go like, I have high blood pressure. My family's had high blood pressure. So therefore I have high blood pressure. That's the assumption that helps them get through life. But in reality is there's a reason why somebody has that. So in functional medicine, it's about your bio individuality. It's about what makes you tick. It's about why you have that. And it's not so much even the diagnosis. It's more like, what is it in my environment? And what are things have I done that led me to a point that I have this diagnosis now? Mm. it's a huge difference when you're looking at like what bio, like, you know, what functional medicine, lifestyle medicine, you know, and those other alternative terms. So 1992, Jeffrey Bland, who lives on your side of the world over there, um, you know, created, he was the godfather, the grandfather of functional medicine. He created the idea of that and how to treat that. When I first listened to this guy talk and somebody asked him a question that made him go off line, you know, off purpose of what we were talking about in that seminar, because it was a new concept. He would go off for about 20 minutes. I had no clue what he was talking about. So I kept on writing down keywords and then looking up everything over the weekend. You know, so I would have an understanding, but it's very cool because nobody looks at you and has your best interests at heart when they're treating you as if you're one of the herd, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. right? You know, and, and it's the wrong way. Mark Hyman, who was the president of the International Functional Medicine, you know, I can't federation or association. um, He said, you know, in a quote that they were taught the wrong thing in school. 
They were taught that everybody is part of the whole in that regard and that everyone gets treated the same way. And you can't do that because there's a lot of reasons, even in Chinese medicine, Chinese medicine looks at why and cause. So if you're dealing with either what they call five principle or eighth principle method of, you know, understanding, then you're looking at stuff that did it happen because it was exterior or interior? Did it happen because it was, you know, um, hot or cold, things like that. You've got to take a look at, and then, here's the big picture and then you can funnel it down mm-hmm. to like, what am I really working at? What is really the problem? And let's fix the problem. Mm-hmm. So you can have, pro- you know, productivity, prosperity, peace of mind, and you can have really true health that you can share with your family and loved ones. Right. So uh, in, your, in your <laughs> bio, yeah, that's, that's very clear and concise. Mm-hmm. So basically it's individualistic. You're looking at mm-hmm person as a whole, but as this individual person with mm-hmm. its own functionality. Yeah. So for lack mm-hmm. of a better term. So yep. it's, you're, you've listed a, you are a certified functional medicine practitioner. Mm-hmm. Uh, so what came first? The certified or the practitioner? <laughs> yeah, no, exactly. Um, my first training was as a doctor of chiropractic. And then my second training, when you read somebody's initials after their name, mm-hmm. they truly should read, sometimes they don't, um, from your first degree. So if somebody had a bachelor of science, that would be a BS and then masters would be MA something, you know? And so the, so how that goes is that I first studied uh, chiropractic and had certification in that. And I had to have pre-med. So I had to have graduated from school with the same, um, understanding and education as a medical doctor. And then, um, you know, from there, it's just, I had certification in sports medicine. I have, um, and then, you know, basically moving along or also this could take us a while. Mm -hmm. Um, and then I had the, um, certification and, um, for my, uh, master's in oriental medicine. And so then after that was a certification in functional medicine. Wow. I mean, you have gone the complete alternate route, uh, but what you do ultimately is, as you, as your motto is, to skyrocket health, lifestyle, and mindset strategies. So tell us, how is it the mind affects our functions, our bodily functions? I would love to. Yeah. Do you know there's three reasons why people get sick, yes. basically, right? So, And they all have one thing in common. The one thing they have in common is inflammation. So you don't always know where the inflammation is like brewing. There's 11 organ systems and all the organ systems in the body are supposed to function. Like when you're putting on your really nice pair of gloves that just fit perfectly, they're supposed to all work together. And when they don't, you end up having an issue that can be, that can trinkle. It's like water going over rocks, Um, you know, and end up in some other organ system. So it masks those signs and symptoms mask that. So that's the inflammation component. And even in 2004 and time magazine, the, the headline was, you know, the surprising link of, you know, inflammation with chronic illness and disease like diabetes, heart disease, obesity, um, you know, and, and more cancer and more. Um, so the three reasons is, You've got to look at like, where's the first time that somebody has the ability to have an inflammatory process. And that would be in trauma. 
That's the first T. And that happens when people are born. Nine out of 10 people that are born have some type of incident or accident, you know, or injury in the neck. You got to think about how babies come out of that, you know, that channel, like coming here and they're being pulled and twisted. And so a lot of people, that's when you really want to bring where you want to introduce chiropractic is because that's where it can be the most impactful starting there and moving forward. I have seen people bring babies to chiropractors. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, They're wonderful. They're easy to adjust to. (laughs) They just lay there and they they don't resist you. and, And you're not doing like heavy movement. A lot of times it's just like pressure like that you would put on your hand like that. Um, And you're holding it until that like releases. You can feel the muscles go like, ah, have that aha moment. Mm -hmm. Um, And then there's other traumas that happen to you as you're growing up. Like you fall out of a tree, you fall off a bike, you know, you fall down steps, you know, you get into a fight with your friends, you know, whatever, Um, you know, those kind of traumas happen, car accidents, Mm -hmm. um, you know, like, um, doing something too much um, um, at the, like over and over and over again is called overuse syndrome. Um, those things create trauma in our joints and in our body. And then there's toxins. Toxins is the second T. That's like the air that you breathe, the water you drink, the food that you eat, and the cleaning things and gardening chemicals that you use. So when you have too many of those around you, they can be absorbed through your skin. They can be absorbed by breathing them. I mean, and especially for women who put so many things on our bodies, you've got to read the label and you've got to look up the contraindications and side effects of those things that are in that you can't pronounce. You know, 65% of what you put on your skin gets absorbed into your body mm. and then it has to go someplace and it has to be processed. And cleaning chemicals, you know, those air glade things, you know, those are directly, you know, there's research in PubMed that directly relate those things to cancer, you know, and then the cleaning sheets, I stopped using that stuff and, 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 and really picked my soap for my clothes very carefully because, you know, of the chemicals that are in there. So, you know, it's just like I have dryer balls you know, that are completely wall, they do the same thing. You know, they come, clothes come out, they still get folded the right way, you know, and it's a one-time investment of like 20 bucks or something. Um, and you get a, millions of uses out of them, you know, and then the same thing for the, you know, for uh, detergent, for your dishes, you know, and that anything that smells a lot because, you know, you're trying to make things smell better. You know, if you ever stay away from that for a good month and go in, you'll have an immediate headache. You know, and so those are the toxins that we, we have chemtrails in the air, right? From planes. When I was a kid, you would look at and think I've plane, I always thought, oh, wherever that plane's going, I want to go. But, and you would see a chem, like you would see a trail from it, but it would dissipate very, very shortly. We have problems now because there's chemicals in those trails and they hover because mm. they, you know, because the air is supported. They just, they just don't float down automatically and they don't dissipate like they did. No. So, you know, and, but the worst part of the three T's are our thoughts. So you ask me about mindset. So the reason why this ties in with the mindset is because if people do not get a handle on their thoughts, no matter what it is, it's going to undo the majority of whatever good that you do for your toxic, like for the toxins, like the food that you eat and the water you drink, you know, and even if like, you know, if you buy like a doctor air filter kind of thing, 
Um, and other traumas, you know, it's just like you have, it's, it and does it because you're, uh, we all know that we've all been have that, you know, like got upset and you tried to eat and then your food just sits there. It doesn't go anyplace, you know, and, you know, when you eat foods that just sits there, it will putrefy in your gut ultimately at some point in time. That's why sometimes you have like diarrhea or sometimes you have constipation because that whole scenario is the gut's not working well. The interesting thing about the gut though, is that it has one, uh, like one cell lining in the gut. So when the gut goes, when you eat food gets absorbed in certain places and it gets pulled through when your guts damaged, if that food is not broken down, it goes into your system and you start having allergic responses. So when you take and like everybody has heavy metal issues because either of fillings or because of the air chemtrails, whatever. And, and heavy metals go through the gut lining like that. I mean, it's instantaneous. So you, but they all have to go to the liver. And if the liver gets overwhelmed because it can't get rid of toxins, how it's supposed to, which means that they're supposed to dump them into the gut. Mm -hmm. or if they're small enough, they will go to the, um, the urinary bladder, you know, the kidney to the urinary bladder, then you get rid of them. When it can't do that, it stores them deep and it stores them in blood, brain, bone, and fat. So it creates this cycle that sets up and then you have something that goes on in your weakest link that can be, and, and like toxins also like that especially fat, it fatty tissues in the uh, body are the, the brain, you know, the omentum, the ovaries, the uterus, you know, male sexual organs, the same thing. So it, it, it kind of hovers and kind of goes for those places because it's the easiest place to store things. So those two recaps, uh, the reasons for sickness are it's inflammations, number one, and it, inflammation, inflammation is the base is the base and inflammation right. happens as a result of trauma, toxins, and thoughts. Yes. Okay. And those are the major reasons for sickness or if you think about it, yeah, it's, it's very simplified. One of the things I, that I have an app to do is I have an app to make complicated or challenging things simple you know, that like I can make sense of them and make them simple, make them better so that people can get unstuck and they can get better results. So if you know that, then you kind then you know where to focus your time and your energy and your money to look at the specific organ system that is the weakest link. You authored a book, Dr. Pat, uh, whose title just, you know, sums up everything. And that alone is one that needs unpacking. It is Why Are You Sick, Fat, and Tired? That probably describes <laughs> at least 80% of the population. Um, but it is also interesting because we are having this conversation during the pandemic. And I wonder if that is, this conversation is going to shift as a result of the pandemic. Well, you know, um, chapter seven is on the immunity and, um, you know, and I can comment on, you know, like on the organ systems and the title. So, you know, I have a, a business, a women's group that I belong to for business. And this woman said to me when I was looking for support, um, you know, regarding the book and figuring out what the title was going to be. And um, she said, I don't like your title because I'm, I would never buy it. And I said, really? I said, why is that? She goes, because I'm not sick. I'm not fat and I'm not tired. 
And I said, well, I beg to differ with you. And I said, you know, if you're tired, everyone knows that they're tired. I mean, you can fight it, but you know, if you're tired, you know, whether or not you are fat, basically, you can look in a mirror, your clothes don't fit you, you keep on buying stretchy pants, and you keep on fitting them, you know, until you don't fit them, and you have to buy a bigger size. But you don't know if you're sick. Being sick takes time to sort out. And hence the problem in that I feel in the pandemic is that a lot of people are sick and they don't know it. You know, that hence you heard people who are supposedly in very good health and they end up getting COVID and they, they get the complicating condition, whatever it was made surge right up. It's like the, you know, like a, an iceberg. It looks okay, like, hey, that looks way over there, but the bottom of it goes way over here. And so when the Titanic ran into it, it just tore a big hole in the, in the ship, and it sunk. And so it's kind of, if you look at that analogy for like your immune system, I had somebody fill out, um, there's a form in the, bo- in the book and I offer an opportunity to talk with me personally for anybody who's interested to find out like, what's my next step? Because, you know, you've got to know like, you know, and how does this pan out? I've got high scores all over the place, you know, but likewise too, you have I had a, a friend and a colleague who took the questionnaire in the book and they, and I looked at it. I said, there's no way I go, you, I go, you either running when you did this, you either were at an airport and you're in a hurry and you're trying to listen to when you're calling your flight. This is way before COVID. And I said, because your scores for having a high immunity score were low and gastrointestinal and the liver. And I've never seen anybody to have that much inflammation, not have a problem with their digestion, you know? And so I said, do you ever get bloated? She goes, yeah. And I said, well, you didn't answer that, (laughs) you know? So it's like paying attention to like the little idiosyncrasies and those signs for that. So when you have, um, the, what the book does is the book is a guidebook. It's a, it's an advocating tool and it's a workbook. It's just to show you where is my issue? And then you can figure out where, like you will cut off a lot of time treating a bunch of symptoms that might not be exactly what you got. Mm. Would that answer that for you? It, it does. There's yeah. a concept, and I don't know if you've unpacked this in the book or if you're willing to share it. I do want to get back to the immunity, but before I forget, what is this Einstein's time? I love Einstein's time. Do you know, like, you know, for some reason, um, people, when I explain Einstein's time, people go, oh, yeah, I got it. So have you ever been where you everything just clicked for you? Yeah, Einstein's it's, time. Well, it's what do you call that? Serendipity. <laughs> yeah, Einstein's time. That's what Einstein's, Einstein's time is like when you have when you're in your um, vortex, when you are in your vibe, when you are in your energy field and things are working for you, it's effortless. Mm-hmm. You know, the, you know, you can go write your writing project that normally takes you a longer time. You can probably finish off a lot sooner. You know, when I work in some, sometimes I occasionally fill in for friends of mine in their offices and there's a particular office when I was reading the study in Einstein's time, um, I walked in and this woman who was the um, controlling the office, why the doctor was gone. Um, the first day, you know, we had, we saw he's, he has, um, the practice was um, Hispanic primarily. I speak a little bit of Italian. 
I studied Spanish. And when I try to combine them, it's a mess. And so I can tell you, but what was interesting was, you know, the, what, what, after the first day, the next day, when I got there, the waiting room was full of people. And I looked at the girl, her name, beautiful girl, uh, her name is uh, Santa. I called her Santana. Um, I said, who are all these people? She goes, Dr. Pat, they're here to see you. And I went, but who are, I mean, who are, were they, were they in the books yesterday? She said, no, but their families came in that saw you yesterday. They told their family, they have to come in and see you, mm-hmm. you know, and, and the patient, like, like I go, well, can anybody go down and get me a Cuban coffee? <laughs> you know, just, it was like, fun. but the thing is, is that when I saw how many people, cause every time I walked out there, there was a waiting room full of people at three o'clock in the afternoon. I thought to myself, I'm never going to get out of here. And I went, Pat, Give that thought up right now. Get in control of your thoughts. Don't look at your watch and just do it. And we finished on time. We walked out of there 15 minutes after our last patient. And it was, you know, it's just like, and I, and I went, oh my God, Einstein's time, it's proven. Mm. So it's right, when I'm sorry, right, go ahead. right thought leads to Einstein time, you'd say? Right thought and action. And action. I mean, it's, it's like we all have thoughts like, oh, I want to be a millionaire. I want to do this and I want to have good health. But unless you take action, you're still at the starting line. And if you want to take action, you got to jump in the fire. I mean, you have to just like, I'm just going to do it. And so for me, Einstein's time is a really great place to be, you know, mentally in your mindset, because you can accomplish so much mentally, physically, emotionally, spiritually, and socially. Mm. It's cool. I, I think it's, it's, I think it's cool personally, you know, and when um, people get it, they kind of, they can see like the light go on, like, like, ching, yeah. you know, and that's really great because I want to see, my goal is to see masses of people be well, mm-hmm. you know, it's and impossible. to be in their vibe and it's possible. It's possible. It's paying yeah. attention and following through. Let's talk about your chapter on immunity. Okay. So when somebody's in, like, when, if you have a strong immune system, the question is like, okay, so I get a cold in the fall time. We're going to use this as a simple example. Um, and I've got, I'm congested now and I'm sneezing and I feel really tired. Um, so is that health? Or is it health that I have no symptoms and I keep on going forward? Hmm. So for one person, that might be, either when the person with the symptoms might be expressing health because she's got something or he's got something going on that their body's fighting off. If their body has the ability to fight it off, then the immune system stays strong. People do a ton of things to destroy their immune system. Eat sugar, for instance, (laughs) you know, eat a lot of carbohydrates, eat pasta, eat rice, you know, eat bread, you know, and not just like have it as a portion size. I mean, the portion size for rice is about a, a half a cook cup right? That's not, it doesn't seem like a lot of rice, but it's just like, and it isn't, but you have, it's, you know, but if you're going to equate food, you got to figure out how to combine foods. So that your body has the ability to utilize them as well as it possibly can. And then that feeds your immune system. Cause if you keep on having a problem with your gut, or if you keep on having a problem and you keep on having urinary tract infections, you got to ask yourself, why is that happening? Mm-hmm. And then go to the source of the why and fix it. You know, you have to figure out like a, what, what can I do to make it better? So it's manageable or it's fixed or it's reversed, you know, and type two diabetes, for instance, is reversible given the 
you know, uh, given the right components and given the right chemistry of somebody. So the chapter on uh, when you're looking, when I'm looking at my 11 organ systems and I see, I always look at immunity, especially in this day and time, you know, that chapter tells somebody where they're at where they're basically at. So you could have a low score, which is a low priority, but if you have high scores every place else, those high scores are taxing your immune system. Mm -hmm. So you have like, okay, so what's the biggest monster to fix first? You know, and you guys like, what's the biggest thing for me to pay attention to? And then what's the second thing? Because sometimes taking care of the big monster takes care of a lot of other things. And you can repeat that same questionnaire two or three months later you know, and you kind of, and, and what's interesting though, too, is that, um, that people have told me over and over again for years, uh, that, you know, I didn't realize how much better I was feeling because it was very subtle. The changes were subtle and I didn't realize it until I repeated the questionnaire. You know, I had a woman who had like 12 or 13 high priority scores and she was like, what do I do? (laughs) You know? And I said to her, you got to, I go, you got to first choose what to fix. And if I don't know what to do per se, because there's so many of them, I always go to the gut, change your gut, improve the healthier gut, improve your life. Your microbiome. Yep. You got to do those things. When you mentioned sugar as a sugar, along with carbs and overeating and pastas and all that stuff, when you, uh, people have this misconception and even I am unclear about it, does that mean no fruit as well? Because I am from the belief that if it's natural, it came from a tree, it came from Mother Earth, it is acceptable. But I I may be wrong. Um, I am a proponent that, and I'm just going to tell you a little story, because by the time somebody has, because fruits aren't digested, the the, the, uh, fructose isn't handled in the gut, it's handled in the liver. The liver's already trying to get rid of everything else. So, you know, and, and process it and create, you know, so you have the right hormonal connection. So when I look at fruit, there's fruits that are really sugary. I had a patient one time who was like, when he left Friday, my office, he was going, Dr. Pat, you are awesome. Monday morning when I saw him, Dr. Pat, I want to kill you. What happened from that adjustment I had on Friday? And so I said, you know, and he certainly was, you know, not in alignment again. I said, so what'd you do over the weekend? Oh, I went out with my girlfriend and we went to the plum patch to go pick plums. And I went, oh, you mean sugar plums? <laughs> and the light bulb went, oh, you know, you know, if you're eating too much fruit, if you're drinking a glass of orange juice, you know, um, and, and by the way, he got adjusted that day and he never ate the sugar plums again. I said, you've got to take a look at what, what an actual quantity is for someone. So when you have juice and let's say you have orange juice and it's in a 16 ounce, like when you go to a place for breakfast, if remember those times when you could do that and even eight ounces, you know how many oranges take to make eight oranges, eight ounces of um, orange juice. It's a minimum of three and nobody ever, and those are medium sized oranges. No one ever eats three oranges in a row like bang, bang, bang. So why would you drink it? Mm. And, and then you're, tra- you're driving your sugar levels up or down, or you're becoming sugar resistant. And if you keep on doing that on a regular basis, then there's going to be a straw that breaks the camel's back. So I say, can you eat fruit? Sure. It should be eaten totally to me. It should be eaten totally by itself. 
Um, and I had a woman who um, was actually one of my first clients and, um, and I took her on because her, um, I knew her daughter-in-law. And so I was trying to help her family out and she was really worried about her. And so when she had lung cancer, she had stage four lung cancer. And I said, you know, I don't, I don't cure anything. I said, but what I can tell you, and I said, but you, at this point in time, I can help you uh, go moving forward by giving you foods that combine well together. So you get the best nutrients because you've got to stay nutrient rich. So, um, you know, and so, so we went on. So I asked her, I said, so what are you doing? She goes, oh, I'm juicing. <laughs> I went, really? What are you juicing? And she's going papayas, bananas, you know, I love kiwis, you know, and I just sat, I, you know, I sat back and I thought to myself, this woman's not going to live much longer. You know, I could feel the energy. And so I said to her, do yourself a favor. I know you love that stuff, you know, do yourself a favor. But if your goal is to survive longer, then you need to stop eating fruit mm. because what you're doing is you're pouring gasoline on the fire. And so a month and a half later, she called me up at the time that we had an appointment because she was doing like, okay, she was starting to piece things back together and she was getting some sleep and she was digesting her food better. And, um, and then she called me up one day. She said, do you think this could ever have metastasized to my brain? And there was, I didn't say a word for her. I had to figure out exactly what I wanted say what I wanted to say to her. And um, I said, you need to call your oncologist. I said, because if you think that I, what I sense is that if she had things happen that were symptoms that she recognized that it might be progressing. Mm. And I said, you need to call your oncologist because you need to know what's going on. Because it sounds like something's going on, something's pot stirring in regards to the cancer that you have. And indeed, that's what happened. And she was, she passed away like three weeks later after that. But the point of the story is you asked about fruit, <laughs> you know, can you ever eat it? Sure. But you know, you want to like, look at, you know, I tell you to eat more vegetables because they say five servings of fruit or vegetables, right? I would do the five servings of vegetables before I do the fruit and occasionally throw fruit in as a, as a bonus. And, and eat it alone, not along with the vegetable. Especially bananas. <laughs> if you look up on the glycemic index for foods, bananas is really high up there. Now, it's great for potassium, but it's not necessarily good. You know, it's, it's definitely, and it takes longer to digest it. So it's better to make sure that you eat that. I tell people two hours after you eat or two hours before you eat as opposed to, and like, and don't eat things that are brown for breakfast. They, um have things that are, you know, protein. So you have energy to go through the day. Got it. Yeah. So uh, this is a, this is an interesting question here. I know we're not all created equal by that. I mean, uh, our, our, our physiologies were different, mm -hmm. right? Thus functional yeah. and looking at the individual mm -hmm. separately, but are there things that people can do for immunity to help boost it. Is that a concept? Sure. First off, you got to find out what your weakest link is. <laughs> so I'm going to tell people, buy my book, find out what that is, and I'll help you get from point A to point B mm -hmm. um, and make a decision about where to look for it. Because even if you buy nutraceuticals, you're still kind of watering the, the hose. It's like, it's like a hose watering the garden. Mm -hmm. um, and because you don't want to, you really want to take a look at 
where's the problem? Because those things will work for a while then stop working. There's so many people who can relate to that story. I bought this because I bought melatonin because I wanted to go to sleep. Well, when you take melatonin, it's got to affect serotonin. And most of the serotonin, which is your immune system, is in your gut. And people who have anxiety and depression and a lot of those type of illnesses, now they are they know that that comes from the gut. So eating foods, food is medicine. You know, you just have to know how to like, you know, or learn how to put it together and piece it together so that you can go forward, how to cook it. You know, I was at my a girlfriend's house last night and she's, you know, she had spanakopita. I said, this is impossible to eat. You burn, I go, she didn't burn it, but the phyllo dough on the spanakopitas is like spinach pie <laughs> was so crispy. I said, you can't eat this. Do not eat this. This is burnt. This is not even forget about it. You could eat the inside, but you don't eat, eat the outside of it um, because it had no nutritional value left in it. So if you're going to cook things, you know, it'd be better to cook things that are simple five, like, you know, five element foods. Um, when you're looking at stuff, when you're making dinner, like, you know, a dish that has five ingredients, you know, right around there and that you recognize, if you don't recognize the name on a label, don't eat it. Um, and, and, and for interest, like kind of look it up. You're right. So there's things. So when you eat poor foods or if you eat, and I'm sorry to cut you off. If you eat poor foods or you eat processed foods, you know, you've got to take a look at what those processed foods are packaged in, and you got to take a look at the ingredients that in it because most processed foods have some level of sugar in them. Mm-hmm. You know, and sugar, you know, is sugar is not, you know, for there's only like a very small percentage of people who tolerate and handle carbohydrates on a regular basis in their metabolism. Right. So, okay. Say I come to Dr. Pat, I have been diagnosed, I have a specific issue. We, we, we agree on that maybe the medical uh-huh. professionals are correct with the why. Mm-hmm. Uh, the symptom is, this is me throwing, being arbitrary here, bloating. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of bloating. Uh, they're, they're, my thyroid may or may not be functioning well. Um, so should I... Uh, boost my immunity by eating more garlic and ginger and uh, elderberry. <laughs> Cause we hear, we get all these, in, this information out there, you know, Oh, f- build your immunity by taking in more garlic and some ginger. And um, well, so I see you're taking notes. So you're like assessing this, our, this. <laughs> <laughs> well, I just want to make sure I didn't miss anything that you said. So a lot of people, would probably, you, you know, you when you say thyroid here with bloating, you got to be talking maybe about somebody who's having a difficult time losing weight. And, you know, also, or might be a little bit overweight, perhaps. Um, or, you know, if they're not overweight, then they definitely have, you know, if they have the, the bloating, then they're not really food combining very well. Because when you put foods incorrectly together, then you're going, it's going to not, if the chemistry of them in food combining, if the chemistry doesn't work, then it's like I said before, it's going to kind of have a tendency to putrefy. Like if you eat a big steak and a potato, it takes a long time for that steak to get digested and to be whatever it's going to be utilized, you know, in the system. And you talk about the thyroid. So when I hear somebody say thyroid, I know this is arbitrary. So when someone says to me, I think I might have a problem with my thyroid. I'm going like, well, let's do a thyroid test 
because I don't guess, I test. So my book is like kind of the first test that I look at and I can decide about what kind of like biomarkers and what kind of blood work to really order and what type of test that gives me the real answers. So you're not wasting, people don't waste their time. So when someone says thyroid, I'm always going like, are you talking about hyperthyroid or hypothyroid? Hypothyroid is the person who's going to have the bloating more tendency, you know, in the digestion stuff. And so, um, and hyperthyroid, you're seeing like, you know, somebody who's very, very, usually very thin, you know, generally speaking, this is not absolute that we're talking right now. Um, And so, you know, I'm looking at like, how do they digest their foods? Like, how do you sleep? How often do you pee? What color is the pee? What color are your poops? Are they well formed? You know, and it's just like, I want to know, do you dream? You know, and how are you sleeping? Sleep is a third pillar of health. You've got to have good sleep in order to recuperate. Mm -hmm. So if you want to have a good immune system, sleep is essential. If you have a hard time sleeping, because people have a tendency to ruminate, you know, and they're thinking about everything like, oh, God, I should have said that on the podcast. You know, I don't do that. What I do is I say, okay, can I do anything about it now? Yes or no. And if it's no, then I go to sleep. If I still thinking about it after I close my eyes again, I go, okay, I've got this going on tomorrow, this going on, this going on tomorrow. And I can't do anything about tomorrow at this moment. The answer is no. Great. Get up and write those things down. And then they're on paper. They're taken care of. You're not going to forget them. They aren't going to go away. (laughs) you know, they're going to be there, you know? So if you don't get sleep, you're going to like, you're going to depress your immune system. You know, if you listen to TV too much, you're going to depress your immune system because you don't know, even if you like read too much on Facebook, you don't know if what you're hearing is actually the truth because people are relying on other people to tell them these days, you know, and they don't look up like a PubMed, PubMed. And, you know, a lot of times, like I will say, like, look at, even if, somebody who's reporting something, you got to ask yourself common sense questions. (laughs) Excuse me. Does that make sense? And if it doesn't make sense, you got to say, well, what about that doesn't make sense? You have to go through the five W's and the one, what, where, when, why, and how. And so you have to like go, and what doesn't make sense? So you can identify it. And then when you can identify it, you can funnel it down. So like, this is what the issue is for me on this subject matter. And then you can research who can I talk to about that that's, you know, that has more information than I do. Because there's so many times that people, you know, when um, this all broke out, I was in Chicago at some meetings and the woman who we met was very, she was on something like seven planes, like in like eight days. It was, and she was not feeling well when she got back to Chicago. And her first thought was that she, you know, she was, maybe I got it. And it's like, well, maybe you just go get a, go get it tested, you know, and then, you know, you have peace of mind, peace of mind is huge. You know, so, so many times that, you know, when we're too worried about bugging somebody, like bugging your doctor about something, peace of mind is huge. Mm -hmm. You know, when you have peace of mind, you can move on. I mean, and if you don't, and if you don't get that peace of mind, I mean, I can tell you a personal story of one time when I went in and I had this shoulder pain that I never had before. It came out of nowhere. Shoulder pain is pathognomonic, which means that it's very well associated with ovarian cancer. And so I'm thinking because my great, great grandmother had a cancer or uterine cancer. I think it was, I go, I'm just going to go get it checked out. And this my I love my OBGYN in Boston was one of the top three OBGYNs in the whole 
area at the time. And she just said, Patricia, peace of mind is so important. Let's go take a look and see what's going on. Mm -hmm. She goes, but uh, she goes, I will tell you, out of the 40 years I worked with women, you don't have the face of somebody who has it. You know, and she said, you know, because there's a color, there's a tone, there's, you know, the Chinese do that. The Chinese look at facial features. They look at your hands. They look at your eyes, your mouth, like what's your constitution, your tongue, you know, in your pulses. And they wonder why, you like, how do you know that? I mean, pregnant women, if you feel their pulse, I'm an acupuncturist also, is that it feels like a strand of pearls going through a vein, mm. you know? And so I always, you know, people thought, I was a witch because I could say, are you pregnant? Mm. You know, and they would say, I don't think so. And the next time I would see them, they go, Dr. Pat, how did you know? Mm. <laughs> you know, so it's just those things. So when you're looking about like how to abuse your immune system, it's, you have to start with food because food is something that you can control and you can control your choices over the food that goes into your mouth and you can control how that food's prepared. And you can control like whether or not you have like how often you eat and like then, you know, like getting up and doing exercise, having good sleep, having a good positive mental attitude. I mean, a lot of people think that they have positive mental attitudes. And if you ask their friends, you know, they're telling like, "Mm, I don't think so. And, you know, and then. You know, and then having a properly functioning nervous system structures function. If people are always hunched over, you know, when they're working, then they're compressing their rib cage into their gut. You know, I noticed that you just changed your position. When I talk publicly, people do the same thing. When I'm talking about diet, they smile just like you are. And as soon as I'm going into that, their face is like, you've got to be kidding me. What do you eat? You know, and, you know, and then the the posture part, then the the thinking well part, because you have a choice. I mean, at the end of the night, you can say five things that you're grateful for. Two things, one thing, it doesn't matter. When you get up in the morning, you know, you can say, you know, like, wow, you know, it's just like I had the best night's sleep. Because if you can sleep with peace of mind, then you have a good mindset walking into the day. So anything that happens, you can take it on. Hey, listeners, the term self-care is thrown around a lot these days, and deservedly so. And I think we can all agree that mental health is part of self-care. And one of the many reasons we tell ourselves is lack of time and money. Well, BetterHelp.com is the world's largest counseling service. It's not a crisis line. It's not self-help. It is professional counseling done securely online. Now, BetterHelp will assess your needs and match you with your own licensed, accredited, and board-certified therapist in under 24 hours. Therapy from the comfort of your own space. What could be better than that? You can schedule weekly video sessions or phone sessions with your own personal counselor. You can log into your account at any time from anywhere to send a message to your counselor. And BetterHelp makes it easy and free to change your counselor if you ever needed to. Um, It's very affordable. It's more affordable than traditional offline counseling. And financial aid is available. So get started today. And you as a What the Fockery listener, get 10% off your first month at BetterHelp.com dot com forward slash fockery 10 again that's better help h-e-l-p dot com forward slash fockery 10 in fact use fockery 10 as a promo code and discount code anytime and anywhere you um use our sponsors okay back to our program dr pat 
It sounds like being human is a lot of work. <laughs> See, that's what people don't like about it. But, you know, being human is, you know, it's like it's there's a difference between being human and a person. Um, and what I mean by that is, um, you know, when, you know, I was leaving a children's hospital in Boston one time and I was heading back to the train to go back downtown where I lived. And uh, I asked somebody I was asking people that day because uh, I was curious, do you think you're a person or a human being? Mm-hmm. Now, the interesting thing is, you know, being in a big city, people actually answered me. They engaged, they had conversation, and they answered me. Only one person, and the whole point of what I'm going to tell you story, only one person said that they were both. And um, and there's a couple of people that just said that they were persons, but for the majority of people felt that they were human beings. You know, human beings have embraced kindness, they embraced generosity, they embraced love. And this guy says to me that he was both. And I said, you must be a medical doctor. And he said, I am. How do you know that? And I said, because doctors have got to listen to people's complaints and what's going on at a distance. Because if you listen, because you know yourself, if you're talking to a girlfriend, someone dies in your family, somebody dies as a friend, or you know somebody, you can get emotionally attached. That's what the media does to people. They get them emotionally attached to the moment, you know, and when you do that, then you're suddenly living that life and you're pulled into that energy. So doctors have, when they're, you're telling doctor a story, you can see their posture. And um, sometimes they actually go like this. They go, I totally understand. They put like the hand up, like, I totally understand. Like, oh my God. Um, especially if you're Italian, <laughs> Italian heritage and, um, and so when you do that, you're like, have to protect yourself because you have so many people that you see in a day that have got something going on that they need a resolution for. They need a solution so that they can get unstuck and they can get forward and they can go do the life that they dreamt of and that they deserve. So are right? we, so are we both human and person? Cause I think of a person as the personality that develops from being a human being. I think of a person as somebody who is, um, you know, who, who doesn't take it on, you know, I think human beings, you know, it's just like, who couldn't love you? I mean, you have such great energy, who couldn't love you, you know, and a person would just say, you know, that, that they're more at a distance, like when they, they tell somebody tells you something, they're like, oh, okay, I understand, you know, and so, because if they take it on, you end up, I can tell you, I've done this, I did when I was at practice, somebody would tell me something, and I would feel so bad for them, by the end of the day, I had the same problem. Mm-hmm. And okay. so you, you, you empathize, know, you're an empath, an empath, yeah. aren't you? You know, it's, it's, you know, so you, you want pe- the best for people, but I think people who are persons don't have that emotional, they have a more of a, ability to, uh, to emotionally distance from people. Whereas somebody who's a human being, you know, so it's like when, um, like I hit, cardboard in a, in a store last year and I went flying out the door I had, had 20 people standing around me going are you okay you know and I didn't remember any of them but it was like are you okay and I just went, I need eight ice packs I need you to call 911 and I need to like my doctor mode went on They're like I need you to do this 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 and this here's my list um but you know it's just like and you know sometimes people don't pay attention when someone falls and people just walk by we've seen instances of that happening especially if you live in a big city you know and so when you have when somebody comes up 
me comes up like, are you okay? Do you want me to call 911? What's going on? Are you, can you tell me what your name is? You know, what street do you live in? I don't need the address because I'm not going to follow you home. Because <laughs> I've done that when I've been in New York where someone's trip and they're like, there are people where I was watching people just walk by. So you were and, watching persons walk by, yeah. but you, a medical doctor and a human approached yeah. this person is what you're saying. Yeah. I mean, it's just because that's the way, like, first off, if they had a, if they broke something, you don't want them to move, you know? And it's just like, and secondly, you want to get the right help. You don't want to just get the help. It's like, if you are, have a fire in your house, you're going to call the fire department. You're not going to call a dentist who also has a pick and a hose. True. Okay? You know, so you want to call, you want to make sure that you're heading in the right direction and not being like, oh, go down here and then make a left-hand turn and then make a right-hand turn. And then when you get wherever you're going, you're thinking, this can't be right. (laughs) You know, where do you stand in this whole fasting craze? Is fasting a good thing? There's that intermittent fasting where you don't eat for about 16 hours or less, or, and then there's the, just do a complete cleanse for five to seven days of just no eating, drinking water. You know, you've heard of them, right? Right. Green juice. So on the detox thing, I would never tell anybody to do a specific detox because the function of the liver is is to detox. You cannot detox a liver and you cannot detox your stomach, (laughs) you know, like the intestinal tract. So you can take things, you can help things move along in you, but you have to, when you do that, you have to repair it. You can't just take something away and say like, Oh, good luck. You know, and you have to be able to do that. So when you're looking at the, the detox part of, you know, when I talk about detox, I always think, how do you tonify the liver? So the liver does its job better. And if the gut's not in a good shape, then you got to fix the gut first, mm-hmm. you know, or else you end up doing, you know, the people who like, you've heard people who tell you I did a detox and I felt like crap, you know, for a good three days that those people are purging their livers. It's not a good thing to do uh, or their intestinal tract. So um, you asked a question in regards to, you know, um, whether or not to fast personally, you know, it's just like, I find it, I like things that are simple, you know, simpler, faster, better. So somebody's like gives their body a break from digestion, you know, first off, you want to maintain blood sugar levels. So a way that you do that, you can put water and you can put lemon in with the water, you know, you can do things. So, and you don't do it for long periods of time. So I think personally, what works best for me is that on a day that I'm going to fast, I just don't eat until five o'clock at night. And then I don't, I eat really light. Like I will have soup as opposed to having something like salmon and, you know, sweet potatoes oh, and yeah. quinoa, you know, it's just like, cause that's the, that defeats the purpose of doing the fast and you want the gut to heal. So sometimes I make miso soup and I will have miso soup throughout the day. Like I'll have a small bowl or a cup in the morning, cup at lunch, you know, or if I'm get where I feel like I want to eat something, I'll have another cup. Why you know, miso? The, why, why? I like miso because miso has the, it's, it's full of good, um, you know, it's, it's fermented. So things that are fermented are good for your gut. When you talk about microbiomes and that type of thing, um, like, um, you know, one of my favorite kinds and it doesn't have a lot of sugar in it. I always look at these things is, um, like at uh, Trader Joe's, I buy this, 
the kombucha. Uh, yep. And so not all kombucha, because a lot of kombucha has sweet. If you read the label, you've got to take a look at how much sugar is in it. So on the one that I have here, it has 15 grams of sugar and it has no fat and it has no protein. So if I was going to balance that out and I was going to have the kombucha, I don't drink the whole thing. I mean, the ser- you got to look at serving sizes, you know, like in the almond joy, the, how they have two pieces, the serving size is only one. Um, but the, you know, this is like one bottle. So I don't ever drink 16 ounces of something like this at once. I, I might drink eight ounces of it, which would make it seven. Then if I had, if I was going to use this as a complement for food and I was going to use it as a snack, then I could have an egg, you know, I could have, um, you know, an ounce of turkey or something like that. That's not, you know, it's organic. Um, and then I could have, you know, a three olives or three nuts, and that would make it a complete protein. So the and then complete, you feel full. Yeah. So the complete no eating at all for days is a yay or a nay. It depends. You got to take a look at what the health of the person is and what's going on with their gut. And then, you know, you'd have to like, you'd have to evaluate other organ systems, you know, because if they have higher scores and like, you know, dysbiosis, which is more like being pre-diabetic or diabetic, you don't want to do that. That's not a good thing to do. And because you're, you know, you're playing too much with your blood sugar levels or people who are insulin um, resistant with, you know, they're not producing enough insulin and their bodies are just like, they're kind of, it's almost like an autoimmune disease in a way are fighting you. So I would say you have to, you know, first you got to figure out where you're at, you know, DIY, buy the book, find out what weak organ system is, and then, you know, get some advice on like, is it good for me? Is not good for me? Got it. I mean, because like, I'm not a, necessarily a proponent of uh, the keto diet either. For some, if you're younger, that's fine. But when you're get when you're older, it can create you know a, an issue with um, a hormonal response in the body. Mm-hmm. You know, when you're going into thermogenics, you know, it's just like, well, you got you've got to like think outside. Like, oh, here's the prize, you know, but what's the price that I have to pay to get there? Amazing. So much to think about, but it's good to know. It's a very good. And my, my final question, which it doesn't come up in your book, but I'm just curious. Um, If someone comes to you with fertility issues, a woman who is at that close to, Oh, I'm my, who is in childbearing years or close to it, quote unquote, coming to its close. And they're having issues um, with pregnancy or not getting pregnant and wanting to. Is this something you can help with? Does it go back to food? Well, a couple things come to mind. First off, you know, I think Chinese medicine is the way to go and finding somebody who really specializes in pregnancy and women's, those kind of issues and women's um, issues. Um, and you have to go back for the same reason when people get pregnant, when you're starting to go through menopause. My experience is the more sugar you eat, the more problems you have when you're going to go into menopause. If you have a really good clean diet, you know, and sugar is very minimized, then you don't have as much problem. For women who can't get pregnant, you've got to go back to the three T's. You got to find out what's the inflammation, what's under, what's perhaps is my underlying issue. And you have to find out what toxins that you're involved with. And you have to find out what your thoughts are. 
Because if you're really anxious, and then I suggest the woo thing I suggest is to make sure there's nothing under your bed. What is that? Feng shui. <laughs> because in feng shui, feng shui looks at energy, right? And so if you have things underneath your bed, or if you're sleeping underneath a bar, you know, that means something in feng shui. And I also recommend to take a really strong, serious look at what you're putting on your body. Because initially we talked about 65% of what you put on your body gets absorbed. I had a patient uh, years ago who was beside herself that she couldn't get pregnant. And so she got a line. I'm a very good chiropractor. And she got a line. She was in great shape. She was in better shape ever in her life. She told me that many times. And she said, but I can't get pregnant. So we went through, then we looked at her food and we got all that cleaned up. She still couldn't get pregnant. Five months later, she's still not pregnant. And then one day she said to me, I said, what's your perfume? It was just like, all of a sudden, like, cause you had to get, you have to take a look at what your big monsters are first. So let's clean away this. Let's get structurally sound. Let's get, let's look at food. Let's like, next thing is like, so what are you using in your house for like cleaning products? Got rid of all those. And then the last thing I said to her, I said, you know, the only thing that's coming to me today. And it's just like, I've got to ask you what kind of perfume you have. Oh, Dr. Pat, I've got this. Oh, I love this. This is so great. I love the smell on it and the moisturizer. I use the lotion and I use the perfume. I said, but what is it? So I said, find out what the ingredients are and we'll talk about them. Cause I did a lot of studying in herbal stuff and, um, and, and, and looking at like, what are the contraindications? How does that work with this? You know, what herb works with this? Cause a lot of times, even when people eat, they can leave a restaurant and be hung over from the, the spices that people put in their foods. So anyway, she comes back and she says to me, Dr. Pat, there's juniper in it. I did what you told me to do. And I looked up and everything is cool, except for the juniper. Why is juniper a problem? Because they said it's an emilog. I said, emilogs induce your, uh, induce your um, cycle to initiate. So, you know, and each month when you're putting this on, you're probably with the period is the idea is to get rid of anything toxic, right? In the blood, because you have to have fresh, nice blood for the baby to grow in. And I said, so, and then those, those numbers come up. So by the time that you have your period, it's enough for you, not necessarily somebody else to induce their period to come on. She stopped. This is so amazing to me. She stopped. And like two months later, she was pregnant. Mm. And she said, I'm never using that perfume again. And I just got done buying it. So I gave it to my mother, who's already gone through menopause. <laughs> and she, because she loves it. So I go, Mom, you can have this. Like, and she goes, and she's feng shui her house. She painted colors that were everything. like, she did everything. And it's just like, and it was just one of those, I go, the only thing I can think of is I said, what do you put on your body? You know, and so that was like, that was a big thing. So when you're looking, they were like, why am I not getting pregnant? You know, you've got to take a look at, and you also have to take a look at men as if men, like men are never sick. Do you ever notice that you've asked them, you know, like, unless they're throwing up in the toilet, you know, they don't, they consider themselves in health. But when they, what happens is, is that things that they're eating can actually disrupt 
you know, um, their high testosterone levels. So if they have low testosterone levels, you know, all these things can be checked with doing blood workup, you know, and just for your women listeners, if you ever get estrogen tech and you should have a baseline study, you know, at, you know, at, at any time in your life, 20, 25, 30, whatever, have a baseline study, make sure they check all seven of them, <laughs> you know, because it's just like, it's the same thing with the thyroid. Do it the full panel. If there's always a choice to do a full panel or a partial panel, um, unless you're just following up some blood work, do the full panel. It would be my, it, it's, it behooves you to get better information so you can make better decisions for sure. Wow. Dr. Pat, what a pleasure it was. So how do, how can we find your book? Where is this book? Why are you sick, fat, and tired available? Well, it's on Barnes and Noble. It's on, um, it's on Amazon. It's on a couple other like internet sites that do uh, digital uh, downloading, Mm -hmm. um, for instance. Um, And so Amazon's like, you know, I always send people to Amazon. I don't get anything special from Amazon for the referral, but it's an easy way. Everyone uses Amazon. So they're more familiar with it than perhaps, you know, Barnes and Noble. And as usual, listeners, all links to Dr. Pat Boulogne related will be in our show notes from how to reach her. And you, you do remote consultations. We no longer need to physically see each other. For, oh, for sure. For yeah. sure. And I just like to mention one thing to your listeners in case there's anybody out there that this is a good fit for. Um, I am about to launch a beta online course um, starting on January 3rd. It's a six week course. And it's for people who are busy uh, professionals who want to have um, better, uh, they're tired at the end of the day and they don't want to be tired. So many people are depleted by, you know, by the middle part of the day, let not the end of the day. So this is for people who want to have more prosperity, more productivity, better health and peace of mind. And it's a five-week course. It's called Stronger Than Medicine. And I'll send you the link to it in case anybody would like to take a look at it and see what it's all about. Um, Since it's a beta course, it is um, reduced significantly um, because everyone understands that beta pilot course is like when you're You're working out the kinks. Yeah, working out the kinks. So I want, and I also made it an extra gift um, in the pricing where I gave um, a special gift for the gift of health. So you can walk into the new year with a lot more confidence, especially in this day and time. Well, yeah, well, I'm, I have to make sure that this episode gets out as soon as possible. So, cause January 3rd is ticking. It's right around the corner. I know. <laughs> Believe me. I know. <laughs> Don't we all? Oh, yeah. goodness. Dr. Pat, do you, do you, may I ask you questions about your personal life in terms of uh, any little ones or husbands or partners or, and you'll know why I, I'm getting personal. <laughs> If you can ask me anything you want, I might not answer it, but you can ask me anything you want, but, you know, but, um, I don't have kids. Um, I have a dog and in 2018 is when I wrote my book and I went to the mountains to write the book because I wanted to be someplace that I had fresh air and I could see a mountain wherever anytime I went out. You know, I feel like I could touch the energy of the mountain because I think there's such what felt like the right place to make my brain work. So I ask, so how do you say goodbye to your to your doggy when you leave the house? I take him with me. <laughs> do you take him everywhere, even pre-pandemic? Uh, even pre-pandemic, Jack went everywhere with me. He was when I fill in for in a doctor's office, he goes to the doctor's office. 
you know, and um, with me and he, uh, he's a really, he's uh, in pediatric offices that I've worked in. Yeah. Um, and uh, he, the kids love him. They like lay on top of him, oh, you know, beautiful. like, and he's, he's a, he's really, really, a, he's a, the Zen master of English bull terriers. He's got, he does not have the typical temperament. He's very like, um, you're barking. You should go meditate. <laughs> he has, he has, he has it's just like and like you know cats don't bother he loves cats he thinks cats you know he's he's always has you know my other dog that I had that was his partner was you know she was tenacious she like she saw something like a cat or a bird or you know a dove she'd try to go nail it Jack's like oh my god don't do that it's not a good thing it's like a bad karma <laughs> he's, he's really he's really a good dog he's Would a really you good please dog. send us a picture of you and jack so we can I will. instagram I have, page love that yep. i usually get my guests to say goodbye to my audience in a way that is their own cutesy way however they say goodbye to a loved one i was trying to pull it out of you but it doesn't sound like you ever say goodbye no, I don't. <laughs> you know, well, because I think we have relationships, you know. And when you say goodbye, you say goodbye when someone's going to be buried. Oh. And so when you say, you know, for your your audience, I say mikasa e sukasa. Ah, okay. You know? And so it, it's you know you can you know um, I'm very approachable and I and I love to help people, and you know I get a lot of pleasure out of like you know I. Someone said, you should charge for what you're doing, <laughs> you know, because I give a lot of free bono things away as I want people to have the best life ever. And you can't do that, not using your voice, not being visible and not being, you know, vocal about it. Mm-hmm. So that's where I'm at. So I can't, I would say to you, it's like Mikasa Sukasa, pipe and say hello anytime. Yeah, I love that. Listeners, her casa is your casa. <laughs> <laughs> All right, till we meet again. Bye, loved ones. Bye. 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 Okay, maybe not. Why don't you hop on over to our Instagram page right now, my listeners, my lovers, my puppies, my kittens, my schmoopies, and follow and see what our guests look like and all the fuckeries we get into over on Insta. Also, we now have a Facebook page, and everything is What the Fockery. So What the Fockery Twitter, What the Fockery Instagram, What the Fockery Facebook. You can't go wrong. You can even What the Fockery at gmail.com. Okay, now, officially, bye!